In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. I am Jeff Buck, along with my co-worker, Jordan Bianchi, here at The Athletic. And boy, uh, oh my God, <laughs> did we have a race today. Um, man, this was, this, was, uh, this was a good Bristol race. I mean, um, some, some Bristol races in the past, you're like, oh man, didn't, didn't live up to Bristol standards. Not this one, Jordan. No, this was classic Bristol in a lot of her sense. And even before the last couple laps before Logano and Elliott got into it. I mean, it was, it was a really great race. I mean, you had a lot of different guys in contention and it looked like different winners. And the end there, you had Hamlin and Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott. And there was a stretch where Jimmy Johnson was in the mix. It was like, this is good. Uh, you know, maybe a couple too many cautions, but it is what it is. It's short track racing. You're going to get those. This was an A-plus race. This was really a great race. A lot of entertainment. I don't think you could ask for much more today. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, to me... It was uh, this was this was the first one where I really was like, oh man, it's killing me not to be there. I mean, I wanted to be at the other ones, you know, but like knowing how um, sort of it can be sort of that frenzied post race, you know, where you're scrambling to go mm-hmm. chase after people and get their comments. I mean, you know, it would have been it would have been great to talk to to all the key players involved. We and, and you know NASCAR obviously does a good job getting us the top three, so we appreciate that, but. Um, you know, to to talk more to Logano and Elliot and mm-hmm. you know Denny Hamlin, what what happened there? Yeah. Um, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. There was so many different things going on in that race. You know, you would have liked to hear uh, you know everybody's different takes on it, and um, you know, it 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 was uh, it was really that that was a really cool race. I you could definitely feel I thought the the lack of fans. Um, just like the Darlington incident, um, with, mm-hmm. with Elliot and, and Kyle Bush, I mean, and, and Clint Boyer said it in his post race too. I mean, had that Logano and Elliot thing happen with full stands. I mean, oh my goodness, it would have been, I mean, you know, yeah. you know how it is at Bristol where the, the fans are like cheering and booing with every comment on the big, the Colossus screen afterwards. And, you know, it just would have been deafening and, you know, it would have been awesome, but um, so I, I did kind of miss that, but other than that, I mean, the race itself, I thought was really strong. I thought it was a great race. And I think you make a really good point about this was the first race at Dar- that moment at Darlington, but not the overall race, but this was the first overall race where you could kind of feel it was just kind of missing that element a little bit. And, you know, whether the fans add anything or not, I, I don't know, but it, it certainly is interesting to hear them react when something big happens especially involving a driver like Chase Elliott and Logano, who, let's be honest, is not necessarily the fan favorite. 
that would have been fun to hear. It's unfortunate, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's here's a question for you. And I was wondering about this. Clint Boyer mentioned this in his post-race press conference and how he kind of wants, he wants to see fans come back. I've seen some other comments publicly from people within the industry of how, you know, other short track, other series are, are running, you know, races with fans, notably world of outlaws race, you know, had some fans at it. How do you feel about NASCAR opening the doors a little bit and allowing fans to come back in some capacity? Well, first of all, I think Boyer's saying that because he went and watched uh, the World of Outlaws race yes. and watched Kyle Larson race. Because um, I think the Larsons and the Boyers were hanging out in in uh, the Ozarks this last mm-hmm. last correct. weekend. Yeah, so um, so he saw it for himself, and you know, I I think it seems like they're still moving toward um, Indianapolis being the first one back, mm-hmm. um, and perhaps you know NASCAR could do it sooner but i think the thing is that in order to get approval from these states mm-hmm. you know virginia and places wherever you're going and you're saying hey Pennsylvania, we, yeah yeah like you, you can't you know they're 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 having enough negotiations and all stuff just to get the race to take place with the people they're bringing now if you're going to say we're also bringing fans i just think that's that's probably a deal breaker for for some of these regions right now so um I just don't think they can. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'd like to, but uh, I just, I just think it's gonna have to wait. But yeah, it, if the fans have been there, they would have had some takes. So let's hear our our <laughs> takes on uh, Elliot Logano Hamlin, really. So <clears throat> where where do you want to start? You want to start Hamlin looking like he's potentially gonna win the race. Yeah, I mean, Hamlin looked like he was in control that race, and then he bobbled a little bit going through traffic and opened the door for Logano to get through, and then Elliott, and then from there, it just all hell broke loose. Yeah, I mean, it looked like Hamlin's thing was definitely an unforced error, from what I could tell. I mean, he's the leader. He, You know, yeah, he was running through traffic, but he just got up too high, hit the wall. Yeah, it, so, it was a mo- it's something we saw from a lot of guys today too. I mean, Harvick and having Harvick and Blaney, mm-hmm. it's just you get up there, it's slick, and you just slide and you lose control of your car. So unforced error, but certainly something that we saw throughout the day. So that happens, and then Logano, you know, starts to go by, and you know, next thing you know, um, it, it looked like Logano cleared him, but I think Logano drove in there so hard that. You know, he just, he didn't have that for, you know, he, you know, it was almost not, I'm not going to say it was like Carl Edwards at, at Kansas or whatever that one year, you know, where he drove, tried to drive past Jimmy Johnson and got all the way up in the wall. I mean, but I think, I think Logano just drove in there slightly too hard. He sent it. And then that, you know, Chase, Chase was there. So I don't, on that, on that one, I don't blame, uh, I don't blame Chase. Logano seemed mad after that, but I didn't, I thought that was more Logano's fault than Chase's fault on that first part. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, yeah. I mean, that was definitely, I think that's just a racing incident. I don't think if Joey saw the tape, he would be okay with it. I think it's just, at the time, you're just frustrated because it's, it's short track. I mean, your, your tempers flare, you're beating and banging, and, you know, that moment, really holding that, that spot it is critical because you got a restart coming. So, after that, you know, Hamlin, Rex brings out the caution, and it looks like, wow, Chase Elliott, here he is. Um, he's actually going to get one back. You know, he's given away or his team or he's lost or whatever, however you want to describe it. He's lost so many races. They haven't closed the deal on so many races here. He's going to get a gift back. So, you know, leading on the restart with, you know, five laps to go or whatever, looks like it's going to be his. And what happens? 
Well, uh, Logano gets, I mean, they, Logano gets a heck of a run on him, and then they go into the corner. Logano, I guess, I mean, drove in really aggressively and pulls ahead and going through one and two. And then into two, Chase tries to kind of do the same thing. He powers underneath Logano, but then can't hold it and then slides up into Joey, and they both get into the wall. Yeah, I, I sort of interpret it as like, um, you know, Chase kind of tried to give him a bump. Mm-hmm. It was probably a little too much the first time. It was borderline the first time. Then, you know, they're still sort of gathering their bearings. And Chase, the, when he, the, the second time, the one that resulted in the wreck, I mean, he just, that, that was just, he, he just blew it. I mean, he blew it. Yeah, I mean, he just part. lost it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I mean, he slid up there. And, and then yeah. after the race, he says, oh, well, you know, maybe I, I might have had a tire going down. He must have thought it was that loose. And he sees the replay and he's like, no, I just, I just lost it. So, <laughs> yeah. They collide into each other. Brad Keselowski's like, cool, thank you very much. And second I'm, win in what th- two races, three races where he's he's gotten a basically a gift win. Yeah, absolutely. He he stole this one. Um, he said it was a Christmas gift. He told Clint Boyer afterwards, amazing what you can do with your eyes closed. So he just sailed on by. Um, <laughs> and you know what what I thought was striking is so okay. So afterwards, then Joey Logano and Chase Elliott get out of the car and. Fox is on it the whole time. And you can see Logano, he puts mm-hmm. his glasses on, but he's just staring down at Chase Elliott. Like looking, you know, he's only two cars away, but he's staring him down, waiting for Elliott to look at him and say something. And Elliott is just like do 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 you know, like kind of <laughs> like kind of being pokey and yeah, looking around, and- you know, putting on his mask, not looking at Logano, knowing that Logano's down there, but like not wanting to make eye contact. And then, you know, they go talk it out. Uh, you know, Logano then says on TV, well, I, you know, I, I didn't like it because I had to force an apology. That's childish, childish. And um, <laughs> and he, you know, he wanted him to, to be a man about it, um, which Twitter found um, to be ironic, I guess. But I sort of interpreted as, yes, of course, Joey Logano has not always acted that way. But it seemed to me that, you know, now Joey Logano is saying this from a from a veteran standpoint. Joey Logano is the veteran older driver in this situation, and he's been through these battles and he's learned. I'm sure he, you know, he didn't do that with Matt Kenseth at, at Kansas. He didn't do that, um, you know, in situations in the past, many situations, uh, maybe Hamlin at Martinsville even last fall, right? <laughs> but um, that's just short track racing. But... Um, <laughs> You know that whole incident, but I, I, it's just, it was just interesting how uh, sort of the roles were were different this time. Yeah, here's, and I interpreted it a little bit differently, and, okay. and I, and here's, and I, here's how I thought it is: Logano is unabashed; he's not afraid to be aggressive, and when he is aggressive, he says, "You know what? Hey, I had to go for it. I'm not sorry." I, I, I you know, and he, he, he makes no bones about it, and I think that's what makes him so good. Like you said, Martinsville in 2018 when he moved Truex, it's like he, he had to do what he had to do, and he's not going to apologize for it, but. When he does make a mistake because he's too aggressive or he doesn't mean to get into somebody, he's quick to apologize. And now, I think in now, but not always. <laughs> not always, but I think when he does make like he didn't make a mistake at Kansas. When you're talking about the Matt Kenseth thing, I mean, he was going yeah. for the win and he felt like he had to go for it because Kenseth had squeezed him. But when he unintentionally makes a mistake that's hurt somebody by not you know not something he intended to he didn't he wasn't because he was aggressive or whatever. He has been one of those guys that says, "Hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that." And I think that's what he was looking for. Elliot there was, hey, you know what? You, you just overdrove it and you lost it. It's not like you intentionally drove into my bumper. 
I think Logano had a better would have had accepted that better if Elliott would just gave him a bump and tried to move on the way. He'd be like, okay, that's racing, I get it. Where this was just Elliott completely let this you know blew the corner and got loose and slid into him, and he's like, hey, wait a second, that you know that you owe me an apology for. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good explanation. I could buy, I could buy that. Um, so then uh, Brad Keselowski's on his way to victory, and Clint Boyer kind of gives chase and not chase. Elliot, but gives chase to Kozlowski. <laughs> um, and Boyer said afterwards, look, I was going to move him. And, and this, this whole yeah. zoom, post-race Zoom that we were doing, that was going to be an apology to Kozlowski thing because I was going to – Boyer Boyer has that desperation going on. He's not going to – Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, if he got close, he was just going to do some some actual yeah. short track race in there. So, um, yeah, that, that was the whole spirit of the whole day. I mean, Keselowski said afterwards that everybody was just hitting each other all day. And, Absolutely. Um, that that really, you know, these guys are. It was a physical race. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. I mean, it was a lot of guys beating and banging. And we, we, you know, Ricky Stenhouse, uh, Jimmy Johnson got to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. earlier, and that triggered a you know a mini big one. Um, we saw just a lot of just different parts of the race where guys are just door slamming into each other, moving each other away. This felt like, in a lot of respects, like I said earlier, a classic Bristol race where. It was a slam bam thing, and it was, in a lot of respects, it was a survival race. I mean, Brad Keselowski had a speeding penalty. Joey Logano had a speeding penalty. These guys had to overcome this, and they were able to overcome this just because this was, you know, this was an attrition race. We had a lot of cars crash. We had a lot of cars have mechanical failures. This really felt like an old school race today. Yeah, I mean, pretty much almost everybody had some sort of incident or was involved in something, and I do think it helped that, you know. Like even when Kozlowski had his penalty and Logano um, had their penalties, uh, speeding penalties, somewhat late in the race, you know they, I think there was maybe only you know nineteen twenty cars on the lead lap, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not devastating when that you know because so many guys have been lapped and um, gosh, a lot it, of cautions today. Yeah, it was a lot of caution. I mean, no what, green flag pit stops. Seventeen uh, cautions, yeah. maybe I think. I think I, seventeen, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that was the most. Because I was looking it up on Racing Reference, um, seventeen cautions. It could have been eighteen on that last couple laps there. I mean, after uh, Elliott and Logano. Yeah, I'm almost surprised we didn't get a caution because there was a couple cautions today where I was like, there was one with Ryan Priest where Ryan Priest had a tire go down and he, he hit the wall, but just you know didn't really do anything. And I was like, that's a caution, really? Yeah. I mean, how about the, the Austin one. Dylan one where he's just slowing, yeah, that trying was to get to pit road too. and they call a caution yeah. and there was like nobody and behind him. So you see those two cautions, and then you see what happens with Logano and Elliott. I'm thinking this this is a caution. I mean, you know, he hadn't taken the white flag. We're getting right. overtime, and I was really surprised by that because that would have that would have been interesting, but we didn't get it. And I was I, I really I I don't know why NASCAR held the caution there. I'm surprised. Well, yeah, it did seem like they were you know caution happy today. Uh, I mean, the 17 cautions is the most in a Bristol race since 2006 when there was 18. So, um. You know, it was just like I—I I, I was surprised there wasn't one there. But yeah, it, it was—it was probably a few too many cautions for my taste. But I guess it was just a sign of the the action. It was interesting too how like you know um, the drivers are saying afterwards, look, we we make mistakes here, and and there's mm-hmm. a couple reasons for it. You know, um, one, the cars are are hard to drive. I mean, you got the the old short track rules package back, so I think that's helped the racing. Um, you know, number two, there's no practice. So, you know, you're not being able to dial the cars in. And number three, as Jimmy Johnson said, they've made it look easy for a long time. They've made it look like they're better than they are. And you've seen since these guys have come back, there's been some pretty high profile mistakes 
Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson himself, Chase Elliott, all mm-hmm. have made big mistakes that you're just like, geez, what's going on? Um, it, mistakes to the point where people are like, oh, that that couldn't have been an accident. But it, yeah, no, you yeah. know, it is. Yeah, I mean, we've had it, we've seen it many times, but that's I like it. I mean, I like to see these guys push themselves. I like to see these guys over push themselves. I like the fact that you know, especially at Bristol, there's there's a rules package where the cars are hard to control. It's not it's not as easy to do it. It's it's rewards guys who can push themselves and ha- hang on to the car. And it makes for better racing when guys are overstepping and there's contact and there's guys spinning out and hurt feelings. And I think there's a lot to be to take away from this race saying this is what racing at NASCAR, this is what NASCAR's highest level should be like. Yeah. Well, Jordan, last week we learned on the podcast that you have a 10 foot rule for your yes. uh, cologne. So, uh, in fact, even my dad listening to the podcast said, wow, that was that was interesting on the podcast. And I was thinking he's going to say something about my uh, great commentary. He said, yeah, Jordan has a 10 foot rule. That was yeah. his that was his, his takeaway that he, he brought up first. Um, so uh, I had a couple people actually slide into my DMs and ask me about that. Really? Wow. OK, yeah. well, Hawthorne uh, is back as our sponsor for another week, um, you know, they they say that smelling good is very important as you i should have you read this really i mean i don't know why i'm reading this but um getting hawthorne cologne is so easy you can actually um you know do it for father's day i probably won't do that because now i said my dad's listening he would know what was coming if i was you don't want to spoil that so now i've spoiled it but somebody else can do it for father's day um you know you there's there's all sorts of scents from from hawthorne so uh, if you check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co, that's Hawthorne with an E on the end, and .co, not .com, Hawthorne.co, and use a promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co, and use our promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off the first purchase, Hawthorne.co. So, Jordan, you know, we've had this big rush of, um, you know, races all all at once. I mean, just one after another after another. Um, in fact, just as we were doing this podcast here, I was starting to think in my mind about how uh, I had d- done the uh, Was It a Good Race poll from the um, previous Charlotte race, the, mm-hmm. the Thursday one. And, you know, I asked on Friday, the results came in Saturday. And now this Bristol race was Sunday. I've, I've gotten so caught up in it, I never even uh, tweeted the results <laughs> or looked at the results of the, the poll. Oh um, wow! Really? This That's is, never happened before. This has never happened before. I've always remembered to to do that, but there's just been so many races here lately. Yes, it, um, it's, it's been interesting. Yeah, and now there's going to be uh, a gap. So I mean, a gap. It's going to be normal for one week. That's our. <laughs> but gap. it does feel like I, I, I had this realization the other day because I was talking to somebody about this, and they're like, "We got no Wednesday race," and it was like, "Oh yeah, that's crazy," because it, it has been. It feels like nonstop. And the fact right. when you throw in the Xfinity Series races and the Truck Series races, it's just like boom, 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 boom. It just feels like there's racing just about every day of the week. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's no, you know, we got a, we got an Xfinity race tomorrow. But other than that, it's like, oh, okay, we've got, wow, okay, this is weird. Right, yeah, the Xfinity race Monday, depending on when you're listening to this. And, you know, then... Yeah, then then you go to the weekend like a normal a normal race week. Um, but then there will be Wednesday races again after that. And you just did a story on the Athletic about um, the summer schedule as well, beyond the the races that have been announced yeah. so far. And there's even some midweek races there as well. A, a Thursday night Kansas race appears to be 
all star possibility. Race. The all star race, right, coming up. Yeah. Um, Can so, I mention yeah. something about the all star race too, really quick? I've gotten a, a few people, and, I, and I've seen the comment section on the on the story on the athletic dot com. Uh, people are saying, "Well, why is the all star race going back to Charlotte? Oh, Charlotte's getting another race." And, and I get it; I understand it. Uh, let me just clarify why Charlotte is getting the all star race. It's because this is one of their scheduled dates. This was a date that they had had. And for that all-star race to move to a different track, Speedway Motorsports, which owns the Charlotte Motor Speedway, would have to agree to move it somewhere. And they don't want to move it anywhere. They want to keep it at Charlotte Motor Speedway. That That's their marquee track. This is a marquee race. And, you know, I've turned people, why don't they NASCAR put it on a short track? And, and they throw out different suggestions. Like, it, it, I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. One, again, Speedway Motorsports owns this date. And two, there isn't a short track that's viable and, and capable of hosting the NASCAR Cup Series. It's, it's unfortunate. We would love to see more short tracks because they're great. They're awesome. Look at what happened today at Bristol. But it's just that's just not the realistic scenario that can happen. Okay. Well, that's fine if they want to do that. But I'm not enthused about it. I'm no, no. I mean, not I'm not. No, no, no. And that, I don't. So. I, I agree. I mean, I think we all want to see it something else, especially if we just came off of two races at Charlotte and we're getting another one. But I mean, that's just the situation. I just, I know I've gotten a lot of questions about that. Yeah. Well, so, um, I'm, I know I'm jumping all over the place here, but, uh, with the, with the, was it a good race poll before I forget, um, what do you think it's going to be for Bristol? Because, uh, it, you know, the Thursday night Charlotte race was higher than, um, the Coke 600 for sure. Um, I believe it was in the seventies. Again, I ain't, I'm, sit here doing this podcast with you talking to you and I'm just like, Oh gosh, I don't even, I'm just, you know, it's just been that kind of craziness, uh, yeah, of the week. Yeah. going on. Yeah. So, um, what do you think this poll is going to be? I'm going to say 82%. Really good race. Great Whoa. finish. Yeah. Popular. I mean, I think it was good. I low. think it's uh, really yeah. low. Is that, is that high or low? It sounds like I'm too high. You think? No, no. I've, feel like you're way too low really you think it's gonna really? be in the low 80s why do you yeah, think chase that? didn't win i don't know brad's a popular winner per se yeah i think people are gonna be frustrated with logano i'm just yeah really i don't know oh, I, th- I think 82 is really high though i think 82 is really high no i don't think so i'm i'm thinking this know. is gonna this one's gonna be a big one this one's gonna be i think this this is gonna be in the 90 percent club for sure mm. uh i'm gonna say 93 percent here Okay. Yeah, wow. I think it's going to rank in the in the top ten races in the poll. I, I wow. was thinking it was going to be big. Yeah. So yeah, this you're is probably right. A rare. I'm I'm just using this tone because we have a rare departure here. Usually we're we're like, oh man, you took my number. We're so much on the same page. <laughs> but uh, this one, we we had really different interpretations. So that's interesting. Um. I- I yeah, like the race. I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not good at these things. I just feel like people might not be, ex- I don't know. I, I'm an idiot. I'm just going to stop talking. Well, no. And, you know, <laughs> too, I, I will say, and, and I probably should have mentioned this at, at the start of the start of the program, but, you know, this has been a really, a really heavy week, um, you know, with everything going on in the world, uh, in our country, um, with the, the riots and the protests and, and everything going on and, and everybody seeing all these images and, you know, it just... I initially had a lot of trouble getting into this race to start today because I was just like, man, you know, of all the things going on, like, why does this even matter? You know, it's just, it just NASCAR seems like such a small piece right now. Now, fortunately, the race was entertaining. You know, I was like, I was trying to view as a, as a distraction. And fortunately the entertainment value was high enough that by the end of the race, I was like super into it. And you forgetting about, 
the pandemic and that racism exists for, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. And then you remember, but, um, so I, I think too, that that could play a role into how people view things because it's not like people are in like a happy, wonderful mood, uh, lately. It's just, it's, this is very, this, these are very tough times that we're all going through. Um, yeah, I agree. I hope that nobody thinks that we, you know, aren't, aren't, uh, you know, affected by it or taking it seriously. No, trust me, we are. <laughs> and, 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 and you as somebody who um, just recently moved from Minneapolis, yeah, I'm sure this I mean, has I, been tough uh, for you. Yeah, I mean, I grew up um, in the neighborhood where the, a lot of this is going on in Minneapolis. I'm very familiar with. I grew up, I not grew up, I live not very far from there at all. Um, one of my absolute favorite bars is Dive Bar. The Hexagon um, was burned down Thursday night. Um, love that place. Went, had some great memories with some friends there many times over. Um, it's, it's tough. Um, but I kind of echoing your point a little bit, you know, going in today, I was looking forward to it. It's like, it's a way to get, you know, just kind of put away things and not have to focus on what else is going on and wondering what's happening in the city I grew up in. Um, so I looked at today as a welcome distraction. And to be honest with you, when during the race was going on, I really wasn't paying much attention to what was going on elsewhere. And I, I really welcome that. Yeah. I was sort of like, well, I know I'm going to have plenty of time to look at all the headlines and the news coverage and all that stuff after the race. So, um, it was, it was nice to shut it out, but it doesn't change anything obviously. And we need to all be, be much better to each other, uh, than we have been and recognize that, um, not everybody has the same experience living in this country that, that we do. Um, especially people of color. So uh, I hope everybody, you know, recognizes that. And people in the NASCAR community, you know, I feel like uh, need to hear that too because, you know, it's not like it's just only white people like NASCAR. Plenty of people of color like NASCAR and they want to hear that people support them and understand that this is, you know, the magnitude of what's happening here. So I hope I hope that just, uh, you know, I hope people know that that we're with them here and uh, hope others are as well. Um, I second that. So uh, yeah. Any, any final thoughts on, on Bristol? I mean, I know we just, we sort of took everything under the umbrella of um, wow, that was a a crazy race and it was, but I mean, I think that the PJ one was effective. I think the short track rules was effective. Uh, That was positive. I mean, there was probably a few too many wrecks, but, you know, this is Bristol right now has got a good formula. It's it's this is they're in a sweet spot. I think I I think it's fair to say this is the second race with this rules package this year. And the rules package is easily two for two. We saw this at Phoenix and we saw today at Bristol. And I'll say this, the next is, uh, you know, coming up Martinsville, that that's going to be great. That's the next time that this rules package is going to roll out. And I think I think it's fair to have high expectations for that. And it's going to be exciting to see what that race is like. And I believe if that's a Wednesday and I don't have the schedule right in front of me. I believe that's a Wednesday night race. Right. Um, that's gonna be great. I, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I think the racing this year has been really good with this aero package. And I think it, it bodes well. Well, I've gotten some new, uh, new Twitter followers through, you know, NASCAR coming back and people, um, who are sports gamblers or DraftKings players. And they've had some questions. I had one guy today and he said, wow, uh, I've never seen a, a race like this. I'm a new fan. And I, I hadn't known anything about these short tracks. Are there other races oh. like this? That's that's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I am so excited that he's experiencing this because I'm like, yeah, Bristol and Martinsville. You got to check out Martinsville too. 
Um, I just thought that was so cool that this guy, you know, he, he watches the first four NASCAR races back and he's seeing, seeing Darlington, he's seeing Charlotte and now he sees Bristol and he's like, wow, his eyes are popping. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that's cool if, if there are, I mean, who knows how many new viewers there really are that the ratings have been down, but you know, at least some people are experiencing it and, um, that'll be good. Uh, you know, next week's Atlanta, but then you've, then you've got, uh, Martinsville. So yeah. Anyway, I think it goes back to what we said before, you know, more short tracks. I mean, Absolutely. short tracks, short tracks, short tracks. It's great. They, they generally put on great racing. It allows drivers to showcase their abilities where it isn't about the cars. I mean, you look at today, you know, Bubba Wallace had a really good rate run today, finished in the top 10. Front row motorsports, both of their drivers, John Hunter Nemechek and Michael McDowell had good runs today. Um, Christopher RCR Bell was up was, there. Yes, Christopher Bell had a good run. Um, the RCR cars were good. I mean, Corey LaJoy was going to have a top 15. Yes. I think. Uh, he, almost, he almost got a stage point even. Yep, yep, yep. He finished 12th in one stage. Timmy Hill you know, got a it, top 20 on the lead lap. Yes. That's great. I mean, that, that's and that's what short tracks do, and, and you know, and we we all want to see them. We all want to see more of them. But you know, obviously, the situation is what it is. It's it's not seems realistic, but these are great races. They they really are the best. They are the best showcase to me of what NASCAR can be and what these drivers are capable of. Yep. Well, everybody, no bonus episode this week. Um, if you've missed us the last two Wednesdays after the race, I've gotten some questions about this. We've been doing bonus episodes for subscribers only on the athletic uh we want to give our subscribers you know some some thank you uh for the investment they put into us and we just celebrate our year anniversary with that so um thank you to, to those of you who listened to that episode but uh we will be going back to this this one is obviously a free episode as well the ad free version um is on the athletic so you don't have to uh hear the ads if you don't want but um with no Wednesday race this week, we will just be doing the regular teardown next Sunday after Atlanta. So we will look forward to talking to you then. Thank you to everybody for listening. Talk to you next time on the teardown. <laughs>